Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Welcome, everyone. We are the Geek Patrol, and our microphones don't have a stun setting. Today, we're joining you from a pitch meeting for the next film in the Terminator franchise, which is going to be written entirely by, by AI. I mean, it can't be worse I mean, than Genesis. Honest, <laughs> honestly, it's the one, I think it's the one franchise that could benefit from being a, completely AI. This might be Acting, what directing, producing, yeah. everything. It, it wasn't? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I give AI more credit than that. So, but um, uh, no, no. Every, everybody had the right number of fingers. So, wow. Okay. Anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson, uh here with my buddies Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth, and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And I, I I have a sense off the air in in talking about the topics we want to discuss today. Today's going to be more or less. Uh, for the thumbnail, you could just call this the hater episode of Geek Tank Radio. We're not trying to sound I like haters. We just honestly I don't, observe the world around us of geekdom and comment on it. I, but. I don't I don't think we're going to be haters so much as we're going to like stare into a harsh reality that we're all having to come to terms with. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do want to give some homework to the folks listening at home. Okay. You know, we brought up the AI in the beginning. I know you all looked at it. Send me an email or drop us a message somewhere letting us know what your favorite AI art that you have seen so we can check it out. I I wanted to at some point mention that because we we teased it last week. I am still fascinated with looking at AI art. Doesn't mean I want them to replace everything. But, right. Um, that's that's okay. That's one thing we're going to discuss today. But uh, and I'm going to flip this on you. It's not going to be the hater episode. It's going to be the we want to be optimistic episode. We want to, yeah. We, we want to be optimistic. Give us a reason to restore our hope. enthusiasm. Okay. Well, yeah. in, in that in that vein, one of the one of the uh, things you might look for today uh, is the phrase uh, "I want a movie, not a franchise." Okay, I think that's a fair thing we can unpack. I think we can all yell hallelujah and pass the hat on that one. Are people tired of the theater experience? Um, yeah, and in that one, I want to say, I want an experience. Not a popcorn munch. Right. Uh, is it superhero fatigue or MCU fatigue? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, you know, the, uh, and me all and you, Brandon might butt heads on I'll that I'll be honest. All bit. you have to do is look at the Flash numbers, look where uh, Aquaman is tracking, and look what Blue Beetle did. Mm. It is superhero fatigue. Uh, okay, I don't they know that. They all, the- I mean, I know Aquaman's not out yet. They all failed. And I will. I will retract that statement in January if Aquaman does well. Well, the big thing for me will be watching... The Batman uh, sequel, and uh, same with the, well, the Joker, but because um, well, those are different. You've but. got multiple years for it before either of those hit. Okay. So, hey, I wanted to ask you guys, though, because last week we wound up talking about AI art, and I, I you know, let's face it, we've we've looked at AI art. We've seen, we saw the beginning of uh, Secret Invasion, right? I mean, <laughs> and I as much as I hate the implications of AI art, I still find it fascinating just because there is something, you know it when you see it. And basically, we're seeing the mind of a machine, right? We're seeing what a machine is interpreting their view of the world. I don't know. There's something a little... We're really not. Okay. What we're seeing is some schmo in his uh, his computer desk going, I wonder what would happen if I put this word, this word, and this word in as a prompt. And then what the machine does is it goes out and snags pieces from all over the world, all these different pieces, and slaps them together in a 
semi-cohesive unit. But it has to decide which things to snatch and which ways to put it together. I mean, we can't well, deny no, ARR no, is because, pretty impressive. Because the truth is, when you pay when you pay for the app as opposed to taking it for uh, you know the free version, it will continue to give you examples in ad ad infinitum. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's there's still something. To say big there's still something that that gives us insight into a computer's brain. But. Yes, is that it can't do anything that hasn't come before. Mm. Uh, That's true. That's true. It can't because do everything that new everything that AI puts together is derivative. is derivative of something else. That's why so many of those chat programs are referred to as plagiarism programs. And uh. isn't it also a reflection of the algorithms that the creator puts in? Yes, okay. it is exactly that. Yeah. Now, far be it from me. And to- as a person that actually writes algorithms, I will let you know that is exactly it. It is all derivative work. And 90% uh, of your algorithm is, algorithms at this point are you copy and pasting and then changing some parameters. I, I, can, I always go mm. back to that line in the U2 song, every artist is a cannibal, every poet is a thief. Alan, yes. if you write a book or if, Brandon, if you make a movie, you very rarely put anything in there that doesn't in some way come from your outside experience. Exactly. Like, right. So we're doing the same thing AI's doing. No. No. I, I feel like Okay, okay, Joe, here, here's my thing. I can take all the same words that are in Romeo and Juliet, every word that's in there, and I can put it into a script and it not be anything remotely to Romeo and Juliet. AI will take pieces from a Shakespearean work and you will recognize it as Shakespearean work even with words replaced. Not, uh, what if what have if you, it learns you, to not do that? That's that doesn't come from the AI itself. That comes from what the human element has put into it. Now, mm. I will say this for AI: AI is a phenomenal tool. If you're a researcher and you go in and go, okay, AI, what is the difference between a Picasso and Michelangelo? And, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. what is the difference between these two? And it runs out and does all of this research for you and brings back all this information. It will hit every work they've ever done. The human has to digest this and produce a finished work. Every you are correct. Every poet cannibalizes the poets before it's every writer learned a technique from another writer. Of Stevie Ray Vaughan was one of the greatest um created celebrities ever because he learned and learned amazingly from all of his teachers and he brought all these different pieces together and became the artist we know as Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. But, yeah. you know, the guitar was a Lonnie Mac. The voice was this. The, the All of these different pieces, but they were all different pieces and it took the human to make the final product. Uh, I don't know. It's still, well... Whatever. It's, it's an arguable debate, Joe, and I don't want you to win. No, I don't. I'm not trying to take a side. I'm not really even taking a side. I'm just being on. I'm an honest observer of our society. And, and I'm I, like, I hate to say it. Know. You might be right at some point. Yeah. Just I mean, not yet. But it's one of these tools that, that have been unleashed on the world. It has. Know what, and it's it's creeping into cinema. It's creeping into everything else. It is. So, okay. All right. Well, speaking of uh, poisons that have creeped into cinema, we're going to continue the conversation when we come back here on Geek Tank Radio. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Their superpower is watching TV and arguing about it. The Geek Patrol is back. 
Well, we're about to find out if that's I, true. <laughs> I like to think that that's what a, we're going to do now. Yeah. I like to think that as a honed skill, not a superpower. Okay, yeah. superpowers are accidental. You might be foisted upon with a yeah. A spider didn't bite Brandon and teach him how to do this. So. Oh no! Nope. Oh no! Anyway, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank. Flix fruit ninja. Absolutely. <laughs> welcome back to uh, Geek mm-hmm. Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thordeson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And uh, yeah, we're not calling this our hater episode. We we are just no. honestly critiquing the world around us and geekdom. And uh, I pitched a question uh, earlier in the show, and I think it's going to trail into others, which is. Is it superhero fatigue or is it MCU fatigue? And, uh, you know, just I, I just want to say this out of the gate because I know where this is going. Oh, but yeah. uh, um, I will stand behind the Batman and the Joker movie and things like Andor. There are a few things just when I was ready to give up well, on geekdom that some are some of my favorite content of all time. And so in the midst of things that we sort of hate, well, there's goodness still. Let's out let's there, not but, bring Andor into it because television and series fatigue is a whole nother story well that's to true so but but the mcu is its own animal like i oh. mean and so that's the question are we tired of that because it's well, clearly not well no really I mean, working anymore. oh it's it, we're definitely tired of it but it's not just an mcu thing because like you know like i've mentioned many times you look at the uh you know the box office on the flash which was expected to be this huge movie so big that they were like uh well you know even with all the scandal we're not gonna bother putting you know uh you know, like toning this down and just throwing it on uh, Max. You know, they, and meanwhile, Blue Beetle, which was made directly for Max, we're like, nope, we're going to throw that in the theater too because people love superheroes. I've seen them both. Blue Beetle is amazing. It's so much fun. It's but it's a, it's a Iron Man for kids. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's what I was wondering. You know, the target audience because I the I've Flash never really liked though, Blue Beetle, the Flash though was made for the Zack Snyder fans. They're the most ravenous superhero movie psychopaths out there. I'm sorry if you're a Zack Snyder fan and you're offended by the word psychopath, but I've seen what you guys went through to get your Justice League, and that's not normal. I commend you for getting it made, <laughs> but that's not normal. <laughs> anyway. Oh, hey, hey, quit. You just said something, though, Brandon. Right. Um, I, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I like the Zack Snyder stuff. I right. love the Zack Snyder cut, but is it is there a sense that Zack, those, those fans are kind of an, an elitist, group or is it just that they're very passionate they, i don't want to use the word elitist but you know i refuse to use the word elitist just because of the fact that i like ratings okay all right well never, let's move along then so, okay <laughs> but it's a movie that not only gave you that but it also gave you uh a world where we got to see michael keaton in the bat suit again mm. we did you know? which a lot of people that was really the focus of the movie, it seems to me. Is I mean, well, was that was the focus. That was the focus of the advertising. He right. really actually plays a very small role in the movie. Um, watching Ezra Miller play off of Ezra Miller, and outside of outside of you know the realm of movies, in the personal world, whatever you think of them, that's that's fine. I yeah. you know I'm not a fan of the personal life, but Ezra, you can't deny is a damn good actor. Yeah, very true across the board, but. Their personal life, we're going to leave it over there. We're only going to look at this from the point of view that The Flash should have been an easy $1 to $1.5 billion box office, and it flopped harder than me doing a belly flop off a diving board, mm. which if you've ever seen me, that's, that's, a, that's a disturbing thought. Mm. So <laughs> I think it really is is that, and, you know, your normal audience isn't going to think of it. They're like, hey, it's a superhero movie. Hey, I know that TV show. I know that character from a cartoon. I'm going to go see it. 
those people aren't coming out for superheroes anymore. They want something different, which is why Oppenheimer hit good. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will probably be the last uh, you know, superhero we- movie we see that does those kind of numbers. Mm. And that was only because it was billed as an emotional roller coaster that gave you the origin of Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. And it's probably yeah. one of the most emotional superhero movies I've ever seen. <laughs> All about animal torture. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, well, yeah. you know that's going to trigger me. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm also going to flow, just uh, flow in and throw in the... We can't miss you if you won't go away. Yeah, yeah. that's and kind of been an ongoing with motif. Netflix yeah. and Hulu and Disney and Wow and Max and Bob and Tim and George and yeah, Steve. Yeah. And okay, okay, all okay. The Somebody other, rain I mean, Allen in. I think he's sundowning. Here, it's know, too early for that. All of these services everywhere, yeah. everybody has been, and I said this about four years ago. We are living in a bountiful time. We are getting content thrown at us by, honestly, hundreds of studios. Whether they were big-name franchises or they were weird one-offs like, you know, AI hotels being hosted by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. You know, they were weird. um, The Mighty Johnsons leaps to mind for some (laughs) bizarre reason. Well, that's because we got to see frat dudes as, you know, Norse gods. I mean, come on. In Australia. In Australia. In Australia. You know, I mean, we had just content coming out the walls. And some of it was fresh. Some of it was amusing. Some of it was even well acted of, but guys, it it has now become where if Disney does not have a billion dollar property in front of us every minute of every day, they're not doing something. Right. And, and, you know, you brought up, you know, uh, the whole in your face and that's, that's just true. I mean, you got to the point where you can't even keep up with the content but it's and this is where the MCU fatigue in general comes in is you have to absorb every bit of it because there's going to be some major reference in the next movie that if you didn't watch Secret Wars and Miss Marvel and uh, you know, WandaVision and Captain Marvel, I am talking about the Marvels people, you're going to miss out because all all of those led into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it explains why Nick Fury's doing what he's doing and who uh, you know uh, you know Kamala Khan is and. How did Monica Rambeau end up with powers? You know, you had to have seen these shows to get that because they don't do a flashback in these things. They expect you to have absorbed everything to such a point that they can reference the most minuscule thing and you're going to remember. Yeah. And 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 our brains don't work that way. We went through COVID. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's like we said, the the interconnectedness can be that can work against you, too. If 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 they say, okay, Kang the Conqueror is going to be our new Thanos. Well. If you don't care about Kang the Conqueror, well, what's you just the point? Tune go, out, right? why, why would I go see Kang the Which Kang I Dynasty don't. if I don't I, care and, about? And Kang. I am tired of the universe being at freaking stake every minute of every day. Okay, so the one reason why Wakanda Forever is I still enjoy because it wasn't a world threatening thing. All right, well, we're going to keep the uh, hate coming here on Geek Tank Radio. <laughs> you are listening to Geek Tank Radio on ninety-eight one The Max. It's like listening to Wizards Yodel in Parcel Tongue. The Geek Patrol is back. Well, you know, it's one way to send coded messages without anybody knowing what you're saying. It's, uh, you know, if you can handle the musical skills. I just just figure it's just going to sound like me doing at a cat. 
Well, it, it's funny the reactions the animals will give, but if you do I, it right, I have yeah. absolutely no comment. Okay. Anyway, welcome back to yeah, because that's it's too it's hitting too <laughs> close to home for Alan. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thordeson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And if you're just tuning in, we're we're not lamenting. We're just talking about the state of things in in terms of uh, the world of geekdom and um, you know superhero fatigue, if that's a, if that's a thing. And uh, in a minute, we're going to get to our discussion about theater fatigue, well, which you could say. But Brandon, I had an observation. Okay. I just wanted to share with you guys, leading to tease this to tee this up. Um, Back in the day, which wasn't all that long ago, all of us except probably Max can remember this, we consumed video either on TV or you went to the movies or that was really about right. it. Now, then there we was consume music. Well, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you you had to go through some effort to consume video yep. content. These days, we are consuming oh, content all day on our phone and everything, and video content is not as special as it hey, used hey, to be. Hey, hey, YouTube made it where you can't use Adblock anymore. I am still making an effort to watch videos. Well, what all I'm saying is video content yeah. is so prevalent now, and now uh, studios are trying to get us to get out of the house, to put our phones down, and to go to pay money to go to a theater, and it's a harder well, prospect. And well, so your, theaters your, are in trouble. So your big, your big studios are trying to convince you to do that because of the money that they make from it. The small studios who get lost in the shuffle because of all these tent poles. Remember when you had tent poles four times a year? Sure. Like at the the Christmas, the, you know, the summer, the Christmas. The... Uh, you know, just when people got out of school, just before people went back into school, and then Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Those were your big. You know, yeah, you still your had, summer you had, blockbuster you had season. Your, your, right. your Easter four day box office thing, stuff like that. But that was you know that was it. Now it's like. Big movies were coming out every other week, so much so that anything that was even a remotely a interesting film wasn't getting seen because, well, it didn't stay in the theater long enough. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the movies that's supposed to come out sometime this month, uh, American Fiction, Jeffrey Wright, it looks amazing. Uh, you know, basically, uh, a, an author has to put on a persona to try and sell his book. And, oh, that does look fun. Okay, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, he 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 tries to make this. You know, he's he's trying to be like this. You know, street thug. You know, mm -hmm. ex con who wrote a book, as opposed to being this. You know, classically trained author. He's an intellectual who's trying to dumb right. it down to, and, to sell more books. And this so. is a movie that grabbed my attention, and all I can think of is uh, where can I stream this? Because there's no point in trying to get into a theater because it's going to be in like one theater. It's going to be 20 miles week. away yeah. from, uh, you know, anywhere I would normally be, and it'll be gone before I get a chance to go see it. Right. Yeah, and it's also, yeah. there's no uh, fear of missing out anymore. It's like, you know what? I didn't yeah. see it in, in a month. It's going to be on streaming. Well, I mean, so it's it's, like, it's not even that. It's like, you know, it's, you know, a movie hits, and two days beforehand, uh, all your reviewers are doing their YouTube spoiler-free review. As soon as it hits, you get their spoiler review. And, uh, you know, then you've got 14 different, uh, you know, videos that pop up with no spoiler warning at all with a glimpse of the post credit scenes and says, this is what this means. I oh, hate I, I just I want to go ahead those. and take a yeah. moment to say it. These guys who are scamming you for ad revenue on YouTube by explaining a movie to you that you saw, if yeah. you didn't get it, go see it again. Watch the movie until you get it. Don't listen to these guys because 90% of the time, they're wrong. One thing, too, Brandon, as long as we're triggered, on YouTube, one of the things I hate is where they put in the title and the thumbnail a spoiler about the oh. movie. They, oh, yeah. They're like, hey, these people, whatever. Yeah. You know, hey, look, Bob's his uncle. That, that yeah. new uh, yeah. Zac Efron I'm, movie, they ruined it for me because oh, the of Iron one Claw? 
Yeah, I'm well, like, I want to see this, well, and then they they blew the whole. Well, the Iron Claws, uh, the Iron Claws, a true story. So we kind of know that how that one. Turned I out. didn't that's, know. That's I the story of the Von Erichs. It. it is. Yeah. It is an amazing story. It looks though. interesting. I'm totally yeah. going to see the Iron Claw. Okay. I just but won't we, see it. We in know theaters. how that one. But ended. now I found yeah. out because right. of one idiot and, on YouTube. So and I mean. I'm going to go ahead and spoil this if you haven't seen these videos because I don't know how you haven't if you're watching us on YouTube. It'll get recommended. <laughs> why are they putting – Why you you want to keep things a secret. Why are you telling me that Hank McCoy, played by Kelsey Grammer, is at the end of the Marvels? Right. Okay. Why? Yeah, because they want you to click. It's like, yeah. it's like why, why, why are you telling me this? You, you, you show a blurred picture. You say, you know, like, why is spoiler at the end of the Marvels? And then people who care will go look. Yeah jerks yeah that's another thing it, the back in the day you would go to a movie and then you would discuss it uh with your friends or something but now uh Man. watching a movie involves not getting it spoiled uh youtube commentary just all yeah. it's it's so much more and involved marketing do you remember joe when we would go to the theater at the sneak preview of whatever pop culture thing was happening so we could talk about it on this show yeah nowadays like two days beforehand the quote-unquote reviewers who waited for their embargo to go away have already posted it all over YouTube. And when you're trying to research to do a pop culture t uh, you know, radio show, mm -hmm. YouTube's a source. Yeah. And these guys are pretty much spoiling the entire movie right there in their, in their, in their thumbnail. I feel like that's going to get fatigued, too. I mean, I'm already experiencing YouTube uh commentary fatigue whatever you want to call yeah. that those videos uh, oh, I, I i would watch the, them a little bit back in the day but i'm kind of over those now. how would you lump something like um, a ryan george's pitch meeting that almost seems to be making fun of critiques i never right. get tired if, of the pitch but if you've meeting. ever those no, if great. you've ever yeah. noticed about pitch meeting though is that he doesn't do it for a movie that's currently in theaters unless it's already right. crossed a the you know a certain mark. He gives it a couple weeks. Yeah, or yeah. Ryan George, I'll, I'll. That's the hill I'll die on. Those things are great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Ryan George awesome. is funny, and it's like he he's that good palate cleanser. Right. When you watch a whole bunch of videos where everybody hates everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you get to pick and choose what you want to watch there. Right. If you don't want to watch it, and you're gonna don't click it. Yep. It's that simple. That simple. Studios. Studios. Hey, guys, knock, knock, knock. You're not writing us a check, so this is going to be an honest comment. Honestly, honestly, think about what the average everyday person wants to experience. Well, you said something earlier that gave me a little hope. It sounds like Bob Iger and them are finally being woken right. up, right. whether they want to or not, about well, the know, realities of... He how people are yeah, watching he recently, movies. Yeah, so he recently like, said that, you know, they've got to come to the realization not every movie that they put out is going to be a billion-dollar movie. Right. Those days are done. They have to look at it realistically. And also, when it comes to sequels, they'll still do them, but it has to be worthy. of The character's story, creator's story, has to be worth greenlighting. Perfect. That's a perfect segue into our next discussion. We want a movie, not a franchise. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Sharknado was an inside job. The Geek Patrol is back. I have to get going now. Okay. Yeah, Max is a little, uh, he, he has a guilty look on his face with that one. So. <laughs> All right, that one, yeah, I. We, there's no doubt. We knew I, who was I, behind it. I, I have no idea where those sushi restaurants came from. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And if you're just tuning in, this is another uh, reason to 
go back and listen to uh, some our past episodes of Geek Tank Radio. We, Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, if you, you know, I, I dare say, if you're listening to the show five years from now, you're going to say, you know, they, they really did have their finger on the pulse of where entertainment was, you know, yeah, at that moment, which is what we try to do. We try to give you honest, our honest thoughts and our honest feedback and everything. So, um, and while we're at it, if you want to listen to any past episodes, the quickest way is go to geektankradio.com, right, Alan? It so. is, and the best part is we're on Spotify and YouTube as podcast, so feel free to binge us and take us anywhere you want to go, anywhere in the world. And uh, so by Only all means, consent, do that. Though. So, hey, uh, you guys, so uh, one of the things we were talking, we're, we're calling this the hater episode, even though it's not, we're just kind of talking about things. I don't things. think we've hated on anything. Um, we're trying to bring you know, the world of geekdom back to, back where it should be. But I was just reflecting on something. Um, if you ever go back, and of course, you know, I'm an unapologetic fan of like the 80s movies and stuff. Just go back and look at like the movies that came out in 1989, the Dead Poet Society, Dance, I believe it was like Dances with Wolf. It's like one Batman. after the other, Rain Man, Batman, uh, just all these, uh, Midnight Run, which is a great movie or mm. something. Um, aside from Batman, even that wasn't necessarily a franchise. These were movies. They happened. They made you feel a certain way and they impacted your life. And then they moved along. They didn't, I don't want a dances with wolves franchise or, a or a midnight run franchise. Yeah, we, we, I think I'm done with the whole franchise idea. I would even love to just have one-off superhero movies that aren't well, interconnected with other movies. Or things. I'll pick on Indiana Jones for a minute. Uh, Indy was... You know, a a flash strike smash. So you got a superhero without superpowers. Yeah. Yeah, just a regular guy who has a pennant for getting into trouble. Of And it was starring a guy that you could believe got himself into these situations. Mm, yeah. you, know, you took one look at Harrison Ford, and after what you'd seen him do on the screen before, you easily believed you had no problem understanding that he didn't like snakes. He is tired of people chasing him. He, and he had a whip and he wasn't afraid to use it of. So Indy two comes along and that's okay. We're doing good. Three was a stretch. And then they kind See, of I thought just, three was, I actually think that's not a good case for against franchises. I think, uh, no, but I think the but Indiana Jones is Indiana a pretty good Indiana one, Jones actually. is not so much a yeah. franchise as it is. Now we're at the last movie. It's kind of a staple. And they made the last movie as a, well, we got to say goodbye to this guy. And he's old and cranky. And he, and literally the yeah. actor, the character, yeah. everything. And it wasn't See. so much that we've had Indiana Jones the series, Indiana Jones, the show, Indiana Jones. We had the young Indiana the, Jones Chronicles. Da, 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 that da, was da. it. We haven't been yeah. inundated with Indiana Jones. And every few years, you kind of get the next life installment. Yeah. And is this a franchise? Yes. And did it make billions of dollars? Well, yes. <laughs> but it doesn't have that same overused run over feeling. Yeah. So this is kind of where I miss Blockbuster. You know, you brought up Blockbuster earlier. I did. Um, and this comes down to it. This, that's where franchises went. You had your big movie. It did decent enough in theaters. And then you would get your direct-to-video sequels. Like, Joe brought up Midnight Run. And Joe brought up Midnight Run originally because he saw it the other night. Right. Over, you know, and I'll, well, so, and I got Max to watch so it. Of course, Midnight, he just stepped out. But Midnight yeah. Run starred Robert De Niro's Jack Walsh. Yes, it did. Now, you're not going to get De Niro back for a direct-to-video sequel. No. But... 
they got Christopher McDonald to step into him, who yes, does a did. great De Niro impression as Jack Walsh. And you got another Midnight Run, Midnight Run Around, and Midnight Run for Your Life. And then there was another one that was going to be made that finally got, you know, chopped. I because, never knew that. Yeah. There's well, all, that was so the thing. It doesn't need This a, is where the okay. franchises used to go. You would get your movie. Oh, yeah, the RoboCop and, and then the downhill slide. And then you never had to watch the other ones. Uh, you know, it's like Universal Soldier is one of the big ones. They had like 14 direct-to-video sequels that only, if you only went to a blockbuster to see them. You didn't have to go to the theater. And that way, if you wanted to believe that the story ended at the at the one, that's fine. Right. Disney used to do that with their sequels. Their sequels were always direct-to-video. Yeah, you know nobody because yeah, there was the, a Pocahontas sequel, that right? Nobody, and there's not a big word saw. called canon. Nobody everywhere. went to the theater to see uh, Belle's magical Christmas, no. Beauty and the Beast two. No, my my biggest case against franchises probably comes from the my experience with Pirates of the Caribbean because I will I will die on that hill too. I think the very first Pirates of the Caribbean is a legitimate masterpiece. That that movie I went to the theater. I've never been to a theater experience where. At the end, people were clapping. A, it was like going to a play or something. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And after they added more stories, they totally undercut. I Really? I, I, Pirates of the I, Caribbean no, no, is I, awesome. I love Pirates the first of the Caribbean, one. the first one. I love Curse of the Black Pearl. Don't get me wrong, but I don't even remotely consider it a masterpiece. And I think it's the missteps that make it great. I, I think mm-hmm. it is a masterpiece. I think it's gr- great dialogue, it's, funny, again, clever. That I is a that movie, movie all about chemistry. Yeah. Because I mean, the characters the, they picked all yeah. I mean, hit their yeah, mark perfectly. Like, of course, Johnny Depp did an amazing job as Jack Sparrow. Uh, Orlando Bloom was great in it. Kira Knightley was great in it. But if the, you took those two and put them against any other person, their characters wouldn't have come off great. And then you got Jeffrey Rush, which Jeffrey Rush yes. could literally have chemistry with a, <laughs> a, a barrel and a brick wall and make the greatest movie ever. I've seen him on the BBC. He has right. done a great movie <laughs> right. with a barrel and a brick. And there's just so and many the memorable music, characters. The music's you know, great. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, and of course, you know. All right. However, the reviews before that movie came out were terrible. God Because awful. everybody was pointing out that you should never, ever spend that much money making a movie out of a Disney ride. Uh, see, yeah. that just goes to show. You can the make a movie out of anything. The expectations were yeah. low. Yeah. But, man, what a, it, then, it was a big well, surprise. I remember when Titanic came out, the first $100 million movie, people were expecting it to flop. Titanic 2, Jack's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, how do you make a sequel out of that one? So, anyway. All right, well, you guys. You, the Andrea uh, Doria. Uh, there's not enough room, uh, not enough time in the show for all the hate mm. that we feel in our heart. But no, it's not hate. It's just a constructive criticism. But uh, regardless of what it is, it's over. So until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Alan Gilbreth. I'm Maximilian. And I am Brandon Olmstead, asking you to continue your journey with the GTR Audio Universe, no matter how much we hate franchises.